This weekend sees the release of J.C. Brooks' band's new EP, Red, Black, and Blue. For this album, the band leans heavily on its funk sensibilities as they explore political and social themes surrounding being black in modern-day America. I spoke with J.C. Brooks about the racial tension that informed the album and the witty, soulful, stirring expression of the ever-present ability of black America to spin its pain and frustration into gold. This is my conversation with J.C. Brooks. Hey everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez. My in-studio guest is J.C. Brooks of the J.C. Brooks Band. We're talking about Red, Black, and Blue. doesn't even seem like that long ago that we were talking about your last project. No, no. Neon Jungle came out on April 7th last year. So uh, this is actually the fastest <laughs> or the shortest time uh, this band has ever had between Turnarounds. Yeah. And is that because you feel that there's just like a number of, of songs piling up within you that you feel you have to take the next step? Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I've been writing a lot and uh, and whatnot, and uh, you know, the single for this one, uh, we had actually written before uh, the Neon Jungle came out. We wrote that during the writing process of the Neon Jungle, but while the Neon Jungle was focused on a good time and nightlife, you know, this was obviously heavier material, and uh, the the catharsis of like writing and performing a song like that in contrast to like good time fun party music uh, kind of inspired us to write more in that direction and the response that we got to that song you know kind of validated that so I think that the sound coalesced you know because even the songs from the neon jungle as we were playing them as they developed like on the road started to veer in this like you know kind of heavier like funk soul direction and that that influenced the sound of of red black and blue but you can't get rid of me and be the you you say you see So you're in the midst of writing this collection of songs that would end up being Neon Jungle. And a lot of them have this upbeat, more celebratory vibe to them. Where then did Anywhere But America come out? And what was the circumstance that led you to write that song? It feels like one of those songs, like despite what was going on in your life and where you were trying to steer yourself musically, this is one of those songs that had to be written. Yeah, we started talking a lot more about social issues and social justice as a band because uh, that summer when we were on tour, um, Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, they were both killed. And uh, we just started having these conversations because I remember like the day that Alton Sterling happened. I don't mean to say like divided as a band, but like it was kind of a normal day for the white white people in the band and uh, me and Barry and Jovia were like quiet crying you know like it was a really emotional day and not to say like they didn't ignore that you know they responded to that and we we all talked about it but it struck us in one way and uh, we just started talking a lot more about what was going on in the country and I think that that kind of led to us you know, like we were already recording and committed to the Neon Jungle as a concept. So we wanted to get that, you know, get that done and released and whatnot. But, you know, I think that kind of marked a turning point in in what we 
cared about as a band or at least the message and the music that we wanted to communicate. So when you finally kill me, tell them to bury me anywhere but America. Let's talk about the song that we've just been referencing. There are two versions of it on this EP, and drastically different, though they share lyrics. What made you want to revisit it to present a different version of the song? It actually came about because uh, there is a guitarist, uh, Grammy-winning guitarist, uh, Isaiah Sharkey, who subbed in for a couple of gigs with us. And... uh, We ended up talking to him about uh, doing some production because he was in the middle of uh, producing his own album and uh, Jovia, our our percussionist who also produced this and uh, wrote the music, uh, she she admires him a lot and uh, he was listening to ABA and she was like, I wonder what it would sound like if, you know, if like Sharky were to arrange it because he started talking about like oh and I could hear this there and that there so uh, we got into the studio and kind of let him flesh out his idea for it and we loved both versions it was one of those things where like well this is a completely different take on this song and I would love to use it and initially that version the the Isaiah Sharky version of it uh, we were using entirely the same lyrics and it was just going to be like the almost like the old Big Mac like the hot side and the cold side (laughs) of of the same song but we actually uh, brought in uh, a guy named Avery Young who is incredible Avery R. Young uh, incredible like spoken word artist songwriter and uh, collaborated with him on a new set of lyrics for the Isaiah Sharkey version every boy who pressures Every girl who picked cotton For every man who said Yes sir, no sir For every name forgotten Consider this your notice Red, black, and blue. Let's break that down. That can mean a number of things. Yeah. The album cover itself is a closed fist in red with what appears to be a blue stem and a black background. Uh, yeah, it is specifically about the black experience in modern day America. You know, it's about, you know, how I'm seeing America now and uh, the wide gulf between what we say we're about and what we show we're about because they are two very, very different things. Let's move into the song Uncomfortable. We got to do this dance, and I'm not saying these in any particular order. We got to do this dance. I don't care if it makes you uncomfortable. Now you're crying because I raised my fist. There's a lot going on with this song, and also it seems like uh, whether it's you as a protagonist or just what you're observing in modern-day America, it's these individuals saying, now that you have your your foot on my neck, you're upset because I'm finally saying ow and saying get off my neck. Tell me about the song Uncomfortable and, and what it means for you. 
the song is specifically about how white America's refusal to uh, fully acknowledge what what racism uh, is doing to society is kind of going to end us. You know, it's it's kind of framed as a dance, but, you know, I talk about how, like, it's basically, unless you want it all to end, like, we have to, we have to do this because I think that there are a lot of very, very uncomfortable things about acknowledging, you know, privilege and acknowledging how these how these things still exist to this day. And we talk about the issues, but they're always framed from a very white point of view. Like uh, one of the things currently is the opioid crisis, where it's a problem that largely affects white America because of medical racism. And that in, in the 21st century, we are still teaching in medical colleges that black people have a higher tolerance for pain in some cases thicker skin <laughs> you know so like it, it's insidious and it kind of infects almost every facet of society of policy making of the world and and how the world works we moving clockwise on the floor why you want to fight the Take a breath, look at the score, you're fine. Now, baby, let some wine just find a wrong. I don't care, no. The record's gonna keep spinning, you can't stop the world we're living in unless you want it all to win. Come on. So there's a certain part of you that I know had to write these songs just because of the climate and this is what was pouring out of you. You are putting them into songs and onto music and onto CDs that an audience will listen to and that you will probably play for an audience. What is your hope, if you could control it, what it would do for an audience, what they could take away from it, what engagement you hope to elicit? Um, there's a lot of talk about the bubbles that that we live in. and. I am grateful for my bubble uh, only because I don't know people who don't think that, like, institutional racism isn't a problem. I don't know people who have a problem with Colin Kaepernick kneeling, for instance. But I also know that as far as, like, the J.C. Brooks Niptown sound is concerned and, and its crossover with the J.C. Brooks band as it currently exists, a lot of our fans were older and white. And... Uh, bringing this music to them will at least hopefully inspire these questions. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that all older white people are the people that need to be hearing this, but I think that there's a higher probability of, you know, there being people who need to hear this and people who might be initially offended or, or at least made curious enough to ask questions for clarification because that's kind of where I want to get, you know. I, I don't think that this this music fully explains everything, but I do want you to, if it does upset you, then ask for clarification and let's start the conversation. Because I didn't give a list of answers here, but I, you know, I just kind of put out my point of view and I'm hoping someone would be curious enough to ask, like, of all people, why do you, Jason, feel like this? You know, I have had people you know, question why I wanted to write something that is so, like, 
culturally or socially aware um, because I think that the perception is that, you know, as someone who is somewhat successful in music, as someone who was college educated and well-spoken, that the race problems don't necessarily affect me as much. And they really do, even when I am not, you know, constantly being like watched or monitored by the police, like it is also a form of like weird psychological warfare where like, no, 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 I'm I'm not being harassed on the daily by police. But at the same time, I do have a healthy skepticism around cops because I know it could be me at any given moment. And my education or the way I dress or any any of the other nonsense that's tied up in like respectability does not save me from this. And uh, I think that, you know, it is important to talk about these things as someone with a platform that largely speaks to a wider audience. The EP sounds fantastic, and it's exciting to hear you navigate these waters on a level that from first track to the last track, we know where your mind was at when you were writing these songs. Continued success, Mr. Brooks. Thank you as always. Thank you very much for having me, man. (laughs) 